Was there a mud flood in the 18th or 19th century that completely wiped out all of our historical records? Welcome to Conspiracy Corner, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there folks, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our BNC studios here in lovely eastern Indiana and today, we're going back to our conspiracy corner with our good friend Aiden Mattis from the Lore Lodge. Aiden, welcome back to the Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Doing good, buddy. Good to have you back on the show and looking forward to digging into this whole Tartarian mud flood conspiracy. Uh, let's go Did ahead. You- do us a favor. Uh, set some groundwork. What is this whole conversation about a, a massive flood that happened in the 18th, 19th century that completely wiped out all of our old historical records? Mm-hmm. And, and now it's set the, the precedence for a brand new narrative going forward. What is all this, this, this insanity nonsense? Or is there something <laughs> behind the, behind this whole Tartarian, uh, Tartarian mud flood uh, narrative? Yeah, I mean, digging in is the perfect way to describe it because all of this comes from, uh, from what I can tell, a large majority of the foundation for this belief comes from this idea that sometime in the past 200 years, nobody's ever really quite clear on when it was. It seems that it was definitely before uh, the 1960s, but sometime after 1700 um, because of old maps. I'll get a little bit more into the maps issue. But when it comes to the mud flood, the idea is that there was this ancient civilization called Tartaria that spanned from basically the Ural Mountains over in Russia all the way east and down as far east as Florida. So it spanned across the Bering Strait, covered most of Asia, huge, huge empire. They're responsible for building all of these cities in the United States. So Chicago built by the Tartarians, New York built by the Tartarians, St. Augustine built by the Tartarians and the French, the Spanish, and the English got over here and they covered it all up at the behest of the Roman Catholic church, Ah. who of course are also the Holy Roman empire. Um, Being somebody who got my degree in medieval studies, uh, this was jarring to me when I first came across it. And at first, I just kind of laughed at it because I was looking at it and I was like, ah, you, you're being silly. It says Tartaria on this map or Grand Tartary or something like that. And you, you're just not aware that that was the old word for the Mongol Khanates and for Asia. But it goes a lot deeper than just the maps because then people bring up photographs. And these photographs are often of people appearing to excavate cities out of the dirt mm-hmm. all over the United States. In reality, for example, one of them shows a crew of people in New York unearthing a massive underground well just beneath the streets. Now, of course, in that version, in that picture that they use in all of the videos and the essays and everything for Tartaria, what they tell you is they're like, people were excavating in Manhattan and, you know, came across this old Tartarian architecture that they were digging Manhattan out of the dirt basically but the videos the pictures they always cut off the label because what the picture what's in the picture is a group of people laying the foundation for a larger I think it's the courthouse square the courthouse square building in Manhattan Mm -hmm. and what they came across was an old Manhattan company well built by the Manhattan company in 1800 documented in city records that the well was there, documented in corporate records that the well and the company both existed. So we know where it came from, but they do this over and over again with all of these pictures basically claiming that 
what the picture says it is is a total lie. It's a fabrication. You know, it's it's they're covering up the real history, and it goes deeper and deeper, and it gets to a point where it's such a discombobulated narrative that it's often difficult to tell what the core beliefs are. So you've got some people who say that the Tartarians were super advanced and had the ability to collect electricity from the air and that that's why all of these old buildings have spires and that's why you see St. Elmo's fire is that it's actually being collected and stored somewhere and that all of this is being hidden from us so that we'll all be addicted to oil, basically. Now, of course, there's a lot of scientific reasons why that makes no sense. But... On the other hand, there's the other people who say, oh, well, Tartary was just an empire in Asia that they didn't want everybody to know that there was a great empire that could rival something like the British Empire or the French Empire. So they hit it. They destroyed it, defeated it. It's gone. Of course, some people just bring the Jews into it and say that the Jews hit it for some reason because it's always the Jews. We got to bring the Jews and the Freemasons into every conspiracy <laughs> in some way. Um, I also recently found out that I'm 3.8% Jewish and I, I, you know, said something about it on a podcast. So now I'm getting both accusations that all of my videos are me being like controlled opposition by the Freemasons and the Jews. And I'm like, I found out I was Jewish two months ago. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I'm like, I, either either I have been the, the best undercover worker of all time or you guys are reaching here. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, like the stuff they're accusing the Jews of doing, I'm like, what's your evidence like what are you on about feelings. man you can't just feel you can't just make everything anti-semitic for no reason like at least <laughs> at least try at least give me give me a good argument don't just be like ah it was the jews and then when i say why you're just like oh well obviously it was <laughs> that's not that's not how conspiracy not how theories works. work um but yeah so some people say that the jews hid tartaria and it was all for israel for some reason and then there's the people who say that it was an empire that was buried because it was non-white and the whites wanted to get rid of the Asian empire because that made us look bad. Um, that, that one's actually the more believable one is that there was a Tartarian empire and that it was defeated by a coalition of other kingdoms and that they struck it from the history books out of like pride. That didn't happen, but it's a much more believable version of the story and when you think about what has to occur for all of this to actually go down, the mud flood's not universal in all of the Tartarian narratives, but it is like the most common one. Mm -hmm. And what they claim is that mud volcanoes, which there there are actually situations where mud will spew out of the ground um, for reasons I don't understand. I'm not a geologist, but they have mud volcanoes that they believe uh, erupted for reasons I still haven't totally understood from their own narrative, but they claim that these mud volcanoes erupted and that they spewed mud all over the world. And that, in, that this is where it gets hazy because you're like, okay, well, which parts of the world and who got covered in mud? Because that's where the next big question comes up. Mm -hmm. They think that the survivors of Atlantis landed in Ireland and that they brought with them their philosophical system of beliefs and morals. They didn't have religion in the way we have it, but they did have a chief god known as Iesa and they had uh, a, a sun god named Finn and all of these things and that uh, Iesa became Jesus 
the sun god Thin, those people became the people of Thin, the Phoenicians, which of course that's not how Phoenician is spelled, nor is it the root etymology for the word. And also they claim that Thin was the name of an Irish sun god, which isn't true. There's no Irish sun god named Thin, and the old Irish word for sun is Grian. Um, so it's there, there's like Finn means fair or wine, depending on if it's a name or a noun. So the entire theory, what you find out as you dig deeper and deeper into it is that all of this stuff is predicated upon just serious misunderstandings of history mm-hmm. by people who are never historians. They're never actually citing historians. And they also seem to think that historians, when you go to school and you get your history degree, that you sit there and your professor tells you a bunch of information, you write it down, and then you repeat that to your students. It's not how a history degree works. That's not how historians work. <laughs> we are taught how to research subjects. So we get lessons in what happened, and then we get assignments to go and research the details of what happened. If the details of what happened don't match what we were told happened, we're going to ask our professors why the hell that is. Um, And that's what happens a lot of the time. And that's how a lot of revisions to history have been made, have been the traditional narrative being taught and taught and taught. And then a student going, wait a second, that something's wrong here. Um, And that's a good thing. That's a good process. It happens all the time. So, yes, there's dogma to an extent, but there's also a, a degree of like, okay, we can revise things as new information becomes available. And that's how history works. Every single time, without fail, the people doing the Tartaria videos and writing the the blog posts and things like that, they cite a mathematician, an astronomer, a geoscientist, like anything except historians. Because much in the way that if I look at history, or if I look at science, if I go and I look at, you know, scientific, just things that have happened, events, and I only know the base summary information about several different theories, I might draw connections between them that aren't valid, that aren't, that aren't actually there. The same thing happens when you're a STEM person who then tries and does history because you're going to see stuff and you're going to say, oh, wait, all of these things look like they're connected. Now, there might be a deeper reason that shows that they're actually not connected and all of these things happened independently on their own in different places at different times. But if you don't have the understanding of how to research or the understanding of just kind of the basic facts of not facts. There's no such thing as historical fact, but if you don't know the basic details of the the narrative and why we believe those to be the case, then it's going to be very difficult for you to look at all of these things and say, Oh, well the connections aren't what I thought they were. And you get so into your own beliefs. I know this because I've been there with other stuff Mm -hmm. where I've been like, I really think I've, I've pulled it all together. I have, I've figured it out. I have I've figured out the matrix. It's done. We're good. And then I talked to somebody who's been studying for 10 more years than me. And they're like, I like your idea, but have you considered this person's work on this? Have you considered this document, this artifact and what we know about what these people were doing over here? And then there's the moment of damn it, (laughs) back to the drawing board. Um, You know, me, me in college, one great example I have is uh, Welsh, the language, the Welsh language, the word uh, pen can mean in Old Welsh, uh, most high, like basically high. Uh, the word drech means dragon. The word Arthur, everybody believes is a, a name. Mm-hmm. I suggested it might be a title that uh, Ard Ri, sorry, pen is either, can be high or great. That was the point I was trying to make. Mm-hmm. Ard means high. It's an Irish loan word. Ri or Rory 
ri, uh, that can mean king. So if you put it together and you get ard ri pendrech, Arthri Pendrech, Arthur Pendragon, you can get uh, High King Great Dragon. And the dragon is the national symbol of Wales. So I put that together in my head and I went to my, my professor and I was like, what do you think of this? And he immediately, he looked at me and he goes, no. <laughs> this guy is an Oxford PhD, one of the best medievalists in the world, didn't even sugarcoat it for me. He was like, no. <laughs> Now, granted, he's not a scholar of the Welsh language. He's a scholar of medieval history. But he pointed out several things to me very quickly that I was like, all right, I got I to gotta go back. I got I to gotta revise this. I got to come back and figure out why, if, I'm, if I am actually full of it or if he's missing something. Right. And I was never able to prove that my theory was correct. Do I still think it might be correct? Yes. But um, have I ever been able to prove it? No. But what I don't do is I don't go onto the internet and start telling everybody that everyone else is stupid. And realistically, I'm the one who's right, even though I have no hard proof. Right. Because this these guys will cite uh, Anatoly Fomenko, who is a, a Soviet mathematician who created this thing called the New Chronology, where he goes in one in one instance in the book, he actually says that it's weird that a map from 1515 depicts the East Coast of the United States. Because we shouldn't, it shouldn't be on maps from back then. Thing is, the east coast of the United States was first uh, navigated by Giovanni Caboto, John Cabot, the famous explorer, in fifth or in uh, 1497. So Columbus gets over there in 1492. Uh, Cabot gets there in 1497. Amerigo Vespucci makes his map in 1507, becomes the land of Amerigo, and then what's on the 1515 map is not really the east coast of the united states it's just like cuba puerto rico and then a vague coastline going basically straight up it basically looks like a square with a bunch of rivets in it that makes complete sense for the time when you're aware of the fact that john cabot got there in 1497 and the map was made in 1515 there's a later map from 15.5 that actually revises the 1515 one and then there's one from 1587 that's more accurate but the 1587 one that's more accurate has a bunch of cities on it where are those cities three of them are in florida now what do the tartaria people say well in 1587 there shouldn't be massive cities in florida map doesn't say they're massive cities it just says that there's people living there and there were three European cities in Florida in 1587, St. Augustine, and then two that the French founded. Um, so, like, we know this. If you know all of these things, if that information is all already up here because you've read all of the primary source documents yourself in college, it's very simple for you to look at it and go, all right, well, I'm going to find all the extra primary source documents that I need to prove you wrong. But if you don't have all of that background knowledge, it becomes very easy to get obsessed with these conspiracy theories. And what I don't say to people is I'm not like, I I never go and I say, I'm a historian, listen to me. I say, here's here's the stuff that you're missing. Here's what's been left out. Here's the stuff that I think you need to also read. And if you want to still believe this afterwards, fine. But I'm going to explain to you why this is wrong. I think the problem is that most people don't do that with conspiracy theories. Most people just go, you're wrong, you're stupid, shut up. And then what, what does that do? They all end up on anonymous boards over on 4chan with this percolating between them as they all talk to each other over and over again and just feed their own delusions until eventually there's something that everybody believes this and you get people who have 220,000 subscribers on YouTube making videos that get seen by 200,000 people saying 
that uh, the Holy Roman, or sorry, that the Catholic Church transitioned all of its power into the Venetian families sometime in the late Middle Ages, and that you can tell this through their crest, and then they put the Holy Roman Empire's crest on the screen. So, like, it drives me insane, but thank God it's out there because it's a way for me to make money. There you go. Well, let's kind of go back to why conspiracy theories exist with sure. this kind of being an example. And it's, I actually go back to the old Norm North, uh, McDonald's skit where he goes, you know, it's funny. I was reading a history textbook and it looks like the good guys won all the wars. And, you know, obviously your, your critical thinking mm-hmm. uh, button gets pressed and you're like, huh, interesting. And, and that starts the wheels turning. Mm-hmm. How much of history is exactly. in fact told through a, a narrative in, in that respective lens which Mm -hmm. then leads to well what else hasn't been told effectively or accurately and how much Mm -hmm. has been done on purpose in an intentional way now also elephant in the room you just kind of look at what's going on in the world today and you you kind of get where the the the, you know the skepticism comes from because we're watching in real time as the the powers that be they'll go through and try to not just only rewrite our current history but Mm -hmm. go back and try to rewrite which was established fact just you know, a sh- short few decades ago to yep. make it fit the, the context and the lens of our modern day sensibilities. So I understand where that comes from, but to your point, there goes a step further, right? You just kind of have to take the next step, turn the next page to to get a little bit deeper into a lot of the conspiracy and, and more or less understand how the historical process works, going through primary documents, as you mentioned, yeah. right? And also trying to dig a little more context into the actual situations that we're going through and discussing, not just today, but as you continue to come here on the show and we go through our mm-hmm. conspiracy corner, understanding not only where the conspiracy comes from, but frankly... And in some cases, why that conspiracy is more or less just that a conspiracy. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. What's your uh, feedback for that? I was I was just going to say, you know, kind of attached to that whole thing. When you look at the powers that be and how everything's going, they're often the people causing it. Right. Because when a government lies to you, as we know, they do many times. But when your government lies to you about why something's happening, then naturally, when you find out they lied, you're going to wonder what else they lied about. That can go to simple things like, all right, well, it really seems like they lied about the Nord Stream pipeline. Did they lie about the Kennedy assassination? Did they lie about Gulf of Tonkin? Did they lie about the moon landing? Well, if they lied about the moon landing, are they lying about 5G? Like, you know, it, it kind of, it, it just snowballs until you go from, you know, they, they lied about something small, like the main the USS Maine that got blown up that yep. started the Spanish-American War, which we we are not even entirely sure if they did lie about that, but it's it's generally believed they may have lied about that. You can get some, from something as innocuous as that, that when it gets compounded with all the other lies, you have people who they don't they don't need to see the evidence anymore. They just assume you're lying because they, everything else you've said is a lie. So governments and the education system need to take some accountability and some responsibility for the fact that they have done an inadequate job of both educating people about the foundation of history that you really need to understand. And then also on the government side about being honest and open with a populace that they have entrusted with the voting system and with making decisions on behalf of the entire country. So when they lie and when they misinform, the only possible end result that you're ever going to see is a bunch of conspiracy theories. 
Yep. All right, buddy. Well, unfortunately, we're getting hard-pressed for time here. So with that being said, I want to go ahead and uh, let you tell folks where they can go ahead, support the Lore Lodge. But also, rumor is you were over on uh, TimCast recently. Was that was that true? Uh, I was over. I was at the Beanie Compound, but I was not on IRL. I was on Pop Culture Crisis. That's I right. guest hosted for a week. Uh, it was me, Brett Dasovic, and Phil Levante. Uh, just an incredible, so much fun. <laughs> um, yep. Such a fun cast and crew of guys uh, and girls over there. And, you know, really, really fun atmosphere to be a part of. But yeah, so uh, you can catch me for, uh, I think there's about 10 hours of me on Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube right now from the week of June 5th through 9th. But if you want to catch me doing my show, that is over on The Lore Lodge on YouTube and Patreon as well. Uh, also going to be launching on Rumble soon, I believe, because... Why not? And then uh, for everything else, I'm Aiden Mattis on pretty much everything or the Aiden Mattis. And that is spelled as you see it on the screen. Aiden, folks love the conversations about the conspiracy stuff. Truth be told, your episode is actually one of our most downloaded episodes over the past. (laughs) Yeah, a few months. Uh, I think we got a couple thousand uh, views over on YouTube and Sovereign. And then you look at the actual podcast version. We had a couple Mm -hmm. thousand there as well. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, just the fact that people, they're, they're not only paying attention to this stuff more seriously now, but I think back to what we talked about, it's because of what's happened over the past few years mm-hmm. with, with the real-time rewriting of historical uh, you know, history, but all historical history, historical fact, <laughs> but also rewriting science in, in t- real terms when it comes to like masking and, and vaccinations mm-hmm. and stuff. So the COVID thing definitely has opened people's eyes yeah. and just what's happening uh, with our, our political government right now, it it, it really, it's, it's it made this much more prevalent. So yeah, folks are yeah. definitely interested. So don't worry, folks. We're going to continue these conversations with Aiden at least once a month or so we uh, go to our conspiracy corner and if you want to go ahead get more conspiracy uh, of your your conspiracy itch itched yeah. i guess scratched go to uh, the laura lodge support aiden give him a like and when you're there make sure you go yeah. ahead in the comments and tell him you heard him here on the brian nichols show yeah. but that's all and we have if, for you today go if, ahead aiden. just really quick if yeah. they do want to if they want to get like the full detailed version of what we went over in the last 20 minutes there's a 90 minute version of this on my channel from two weeks ago there you so go. just Wanted to plug that one because it's relevant. But yeah. Well, how about this? We'll make it easy for folks to go ahead and find that. If you're joining us here on YouTube today, right about here, that video uh, over on Aiden's channel should be popping up. Go ahead, give him some love. Check it out. And uh, also, folks, again, hit like button and a little notification bell here in the Brian Nichols Show. So it's a single time we go live uh, both here on, on YouTube, but also on Rumble and on Ben Swan's Sovereign. You're going to see today's episode over on Sovereign before anybody else is a Sovereign exclusive. And uh, but otherwise, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at B Nichols Liberty. Uh, otherwise, folks, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate the conversation. That being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Aiden Mattis. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.